0: Welcome to The Pulpit, the sermon podcast of Calvary Moravian Church. My name is Pastor Chaz Snyder, and I hope you'll use this recording to grow deeper in God's Word and help you on your spiritual journey.
1: For today is from Genesis, chapter 28, verses 10 through 19a. Jacob left Beersheba and went toward Haran and he came to a certain place and stayed there that night because the sun had set taking one of the stones of the place he put it under his head and he lay down to sleep there and he dreamed that there was a ladder set up to heaven and that at the top of it reached to heaven and behold the angels of the god of god were ascending and descending on the ladder. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God, the God of Abraham your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your descendants, and your descendants shall be like the dust of the earth And you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and the south. And by you and your descendants, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you until I have done that of which I have spoken to you then jacob awoke from his sleep and said surely the lord is in this place and i did not know it and he was afraid and said how incredible is this place there is none other than this is none other than the house of god And this is the gate of heaven. So Jacob rose early in the morning and he took the stone which he had put under his head and set it up like a pillar and poured poured oil on top of it. He called the name of that place Bethel, though the name of the city had previously been called Lutz. Please stand as you are able for the reading of the gospel. Today's gospel reading is from Matthew chapter 13, verses 24 through 30 and 36 through 43. He put up another parable before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seeds of wheat in his field. But while he was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat. And then they snuck away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, the weeds also appeared. And the servants of the household came and said to him, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? How then does it have weeds? He said to them, an enemy has done this. The servants said to him, Then, do you want us to go and pull out the weeds? But the owner said, no, lest by gathering the weeds, you pull up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time, I will tell the reapers to gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned. And then gather the wheat and put it in my barn. Then the Lord left the crowds and went into the house. And his disciples came into him saying, Explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field. He answered, He who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world and the good seed is the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one, and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers are the angels. Just as the weeds are gathered and burned with fire, so will it be at the end of the world. The son of man will send his angels and they will take all causes of sin and all evildoers out of his kingdom and throw them into the furnace of fire. There men will weep and gnash their teeth." But the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. Then he said, All people, listen to these words The gospel of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be be to to God. God. Please be seated.
0: At this time, we have the opportunity to go to God in quiet meditation and prayer. So let us do that. Let us enter into the presence of God in silence. God, we thank you for making us your sons and daughters. Thank you that we are co-heirs with Christ, sisters, brothers, and siblings of one another. Thank you that we can witness with the spirit that we are called the children of God. So we come to you now to pray for the whole church the church that is in all over this world, that it may be that good seed that grows into your harvest. We come praying for your whole creation that is waiting in eager longing to be set free from everything that holds it in bondage. Lord, we pray for the natural disasters that continue to cause harm for those affected by forest fires, floods, and deadly heat. Bring peace to those who are affected by these harmful and deadly events. And God, we pray for the people of the earth, its nations, and its leaders, that all will come to know the ways that lead to peace. O oh God, bring an end to war, to strife and hardship, and let us turn to you as the author of true peace. And God, we pray for those who are ill and for those who are facing death, that they might, may find the hope that is found in faith. We pray for those that are suffering in this present time, whether that be of mind, body, spirit, or soul. God, we know you are also a healer. So we ask for a measure of your presence into those people's lives. God, we pray that we know the love that comes from you. And we know that there are those of us that we know and love that are in need of specific prayers. So we lift those that are close to us up to you. Blessed are you, eternal and gracious God, who with Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit lead us to life everlasting. So now God, open our hearts and our minds to receive your leading today. In the name of Christ, our savior, we pray, amen. So there was once a quaint little village nestled between the rolling hills. And in that village was a skilled potter. And this potter was known throughout the region for crafting the most exquisite kind of pottery with her hands. Her creations were not only beautiful, but they were sturdy. They were long-lasting for many generations. And people would come from far and wide to purchase her masterpieces. And her pottery became a symbol of pride for that village. But behind this potter's remarkable skill was a secret the secret of unwavering consistency in her work. Every morning, before the sun rose in the sky, the potter would walk to the nearby riverbank to collect the finest clay for her work. She would spend hours there, patiently sifting through the mud to find the perfect clay, knowing that the foundation of her art was dependent on this very critical step. So season after season, year after year, the potter followed this routine. Rain or shine, hot or cold, she never missed a day by the riverbank. It didn't matter whether customers were flocking to her shop to purchase all that she had, or no one was buying her work at that time. She remained consistent in her devotion to her craft. And as time passed, the village underwent changes. New pottery techniques were introduced. Clay was produced by other means that were fragile and disposable. Modernization threatened to overshadow the kind of work that she did. But the potter didn't stop, embracing her tried and true methods and remaining steadfast in her commitment to the process. And one day... A young traveler passing through the village heard of this potter's remarkable work and decided to visit her shop. Expecting to see a display of many contemporary designs, the traveler was surprised to find simple, elegant creations adorning the shelves, and his curiosity was piqued. And the traveler stuck around and had a conversation with the potter, inquiring about her approach. And with a warm smile, she shared her story, the story of consistency, and staying true to her process. She explained that just like the clay she gathered every morning, consistency formed the core of her artistry. She spoke of how the act of showing up day after day, putting in the effort and the work, and refusing to compromise on her quality, shaped her into to the master potter that she had become. Intrigued by this, the traveler spent several days watching this potter work, and he noticed how she approached each piece with care and precision, allowing it to take its shape naturally without rushing through the process. He saw how every stroke of her hand was intentional, guided by years of patience and dedication, and inspired, by this potter's unwavering commitment, this traveler decided to stay in the village for a while, learning the art of pottery under her guidance. And together they spent hours at this potter's wheel. And the traveler's hands were fumbling at first, but gradually gained that skill and precision. And over time, he began to grasp the essence of both pottery and life. He learned that great achievements were not just the result of talent, but were born from the discipline to persevere, to push through challenges, and to remain dedicated to one's craft. And eventually this traveler bid farewell to the village armed with a wealth of knowledge and wisdom bestowed upon him by this potter. And then he set out on his own journey knowing that he carried with him not only the techniques of this pottery, but also the invaluable lesson of saying true and consistent to one's work. I find this story interesting, particularly in light of the scripture we're going to look at today. Because we're going to continue to work through the stories of the Old Testament that we find in the lectionary, And this morning, we find ourselves in the middle of Jacob's saga in Genesis. And in this story, we learn something important about God. And we learn that God is consistent, that God is constant, even when we like to chart our own paths. Like the potter in the story, God remained committed. And it is up to us to learn those skills of commitment. But what is powerful in this story from Genesis is that it's not just up to us. God is there constantly, tried and true. But he's not just waiting on us. What we see in this story is that God seeks out God's children. So at this point in the story, if we're looking at where Jacob is... We know a lot about Jacob's past. And you may have decided that we, you don't like Jacob very much at this point in the story, which I think is pretty normal and an okay conclusion to draw from his actions so far. Because let's face it, Jacob is not a particularly nice guy. He's grasping, he's scheming, he's always trying to one up everybody and make things work to his benefit. I mean, his very name means grabber or to follow behind. And he's named this because that's how he came out of the womb grasping at Esau's heel, which is something we talked about last week. And he and his mother tricked his father and twin brother into giving him the blessings of the family. And when his brother Esau found out that this happened, Jacob ran away in fear. Which makes it easy to wish that this birthright may have been reverted back to the foolish but maybe more likable Esau. But here we find Jacob in chapter 28 of Genesis. And he's on the run, sleeping outside with a stone as a pillow. And when we see Jacob in this place, it's easy that, to hope that maybe, maybe now that he's on the run, sleeping outside, turning to rocks for bedding, that he might change his mind, that maybe he'll begin to feel some remorse about how he tricked his brother, that maybe he will turn to God and ask for forgiveness and ask God for help. But no, that's not what we find from Jacob. Instead, we find in this story that God has to reach out to Jacob first. Before Jacob seeks God, God finds Jacob. And in that night, Jacob has a dream, a pretty profound dream of angels ascending and descending a ladder. And God speaks to him and he calls out to him and he reminds him of the promise, the promise that he made to Jacob's grandfather, Abraham. And and in spite of the tricky ways that Jacob has come to inherit this promise, God still accepts him. As a partner in this covenant, he's asking Jacob, this is the birthright that you claimed to want, and now it's time to act. And God is ready to do God's part. And Jacob is overwhelmed with awe in this moment and realizes that the Lord has actually been with him, even as he is on the run, even as he is running away from the problems that he created. And what we see in this story is something powerful about the nature of God. Powerful about who God is. And that is that God is even there when we are on the run. Even when we make mistakes, God is there. Even when we make mistakes and then run away from the mistakes that we have already made, God is there. You see, God didn't just wait For Jacob to come back. God isn't just waiting there for you to come back. God remains consistent in both who God is and in God's consistent pursuit of us. And we see in this story that God can seeks us out as well. We may not have a dream about a ladder, about angels ascending and descending. But there may have been other moments where God is reaching out to us. Maybe they're more like whispers. Maybe, though, maybe they're those unexpected moments that bring something to mind, that reminds you of something. Maybe they're moments of profound silence. But whatever those may be, what we find in life is that God is still chasing after us. And all of the stories throughout the book of Genesis that we've looked at so far and the ones that we're going to continue to look at going forward, what we see over and over again is God's pursuit of humanity, his desire to be with us, and his desire to use us. And God has proven to Jacob that God is with him, that God is faithful, that God is constant, And that God seeks us out. We know from this story that God will uphold his side of the bargain. Because that's just who God is. So you would think that even this kind of grace and faithfulness would change Jacob, right? In this moment, you would hope that even now he could rest in the assurance of God's presence with him. But even that is not quite the case. Because although the lectionary reading stops after Jacob praises God, and he does lift up this moment to God, recognizing that God has found him out in the desert. If we go just a few short verses later, what we see is that Jacob is continuing to scheme and to negotiate. He doesn't even yet quite seem sure that he fully trusts God, even after this profound moment even after this moment of god coming to him in a dream the very next verses say that he tries to throw bread and to eat and clothing to wear into the bargain that he has with god and jacob has not even yet fully changed he's still in process after this story still trying to scheme still trying to get things to work for his selfish benefit but ultimately Even still, even in a moment like that, he's still a work in progress. But aren't we all? And nevertheless, God is faithful. The story is a powerful reminder of God's steadfast love. Not that we have to hold it all together. Not that we can't make mistakes in faith along the way. But the story is ultimately about a steadfast God. That we are still a work in progress. And regardless of Jacob's scheming and trickery, regardless of the fact that he even does recognize God in that moment, God is still present. Despite the lack of trust, God is patient. Although Jacob might seem totally unlikable to us in this moment, he is ultimately very relatable and God loves him anyway. And will continue to love him. We'll find out through more of these stories of Jacob's journey of struggling and wrestling with God. We see in this story, and yet again, another example of God being there with his people despite their screw ups and mistakes. And not only is Jacob still living with the consequences of last week's story, He's making new ones in this one. But God still seeks Jacob out. God still works with Jacob, has a desire for Jacob, has a promise and a plan for Jacob. And so too is it with us. God seeks us out. God seeks you out. And continues to work with you, continues to guide you. Even if we think we may have stepped away, we cannot step too far out to be outside of God's love, grace, and forgiveness. God can find us and embrace us. God can find you and embrace you. So may you trust that God is a seeking God at every turn, at every circumstance. So may you be on the lookout For God to show up, even in the smallest, quietest ways. And may you never forget, there is nothing that you can do to separate you from the love of God and His love for you in Christ Jesus. Let us pray. God, thank you that you seek us out, even when we might run from you, even when we might not be quite sure. You have shown yourself to be faithful, and our faith in you is certain. And we lift all of these things up to you and in your name. Amen.